Hello there. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Martin. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! So we are in a series, if you're new around here, called Light. And we have simply been looking at what the Bible has to say in and around the subject of light itself. Um, So let me take you back to Wednesday. I want to kind of talk to you about this Wednesday that I had. Now, now as a precursor, um, you may remember Wednesday because I've heard a lot of basements flooding and roofs leaking. We got a lot of rain on Wednesday. I don't know when it started here. I wasn't here. Um, sometime in the afternoon and then through the evening and then all night long, just, just, just a lot of rain. I spent my Wednesday in Knoxville, Tennessee. I uh, spent all day there, and when I left Knoxville, Tennessee, it wasn't raining. The sun was shining. It was just a beautiful, beautiful day. As I was driving, I got to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and it was time for darkness, and so it got dark. Uh, and while I was driving and the sun went down, I was noticing that I couldn't see very well. And I began to think to myself, wait a minute, is it already time? Right? Am I going to eat at 4.30 now and not be able to drive at night and go to bed at 8 and get up at 3 o'clock in the morning? Like, I'm not, I'm old, but I'm not that old yet. What, What is going on? Well, to make matters worse, Chattanooga is a city that's under constant construction and there's all kinds of lane changes. I couldn't see and so I almost caused two wrecks because I couldn't see. And then it began to rain and I turned my windshield wipers on. And I noticed that I hadn't probably changed my windshield wipers in nine or 10 years, probably. They were just disintegrated, so it wasn't working. And then to make matters even worse than that, in my truck, I don't have heat, I don't have air conditioner, and I don't have a defrost, okay? So all I had was a hat. And so I'm driving, you know, trying not to kill anybody. I'm wiping the the window with my hat. My windshield wipers are going, but nothing's happening. I can't see. And I thought to myself, I'm in trouble, Like, this is bad. Uh, I'm endangering my safety and the safety of those around me. So I pulled off into the Georgia Welcome Center. Right when you come through Chattanooga, there's that Georgia Welcome Center. And the bottom of the sky just dropped. It was drizzling, but it, it had dropped. And I'm out in the rain at the Welcome Center. I go around my car and I notice that my driver's side headlight, the bulb, uh, was was broken or it didn't work anymore. It was, it was used up. So I had no light on this side. Well, on the passenger side, uh, the bulb worked, but I had probably years of that corrosive film that gets on your headlights. Um, and so the light was there, but it was barely getting through. And so I was like, okay, great. Uh, I'm not old. I don't, I, I don't have to stop driving at night and eat at 430, but I don't know how I'm going to get home because it's raining It's dark. I have no windshield wipers. I have no defrost. I have no lights. So I get back on the interstate and I'm creeping along and almost wreck again because I can't see. And so I get off in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. And I think, well, there's a gas station here. I don't ever remember any gas station ever having um, headlight bulbs that you can buy, but I'm just going to say a prayer that they have one because I don't know what I'm going to do. I go in, 
I say, hey, this is a strange question. Do you sell headlight bulbs? He almost laughed at me, and he said, no. Uh, he said, we, we have a small auto section over there. It was like WD-40 and a can of oil. That was it. Um, and I said, hmm. I said, well, do you know where there's a Walmart or an AutoZone? And he kind of smiled, and he looked at his watch, and he said, yeah. He said, the trouble is, since COVID, everything closes around here at 830, and it's 827. He said, and it's far enough away, you're not going to make it. Well, I noticed there was a hotel beside the gas station. I don't make it a habit to stay in hotels that are right beside gas stations, but I thought, hmm, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I called my wife and say, I, you know, I may just have to get a hotel and wait till the morning, till the sun comes up so I can see. But I thought, man, I'm only an hour and a half away. I, I can't, I'm not going to do that. So I did what every responsible person would do. I got back on the interstate. All right. And here was my plan. I'm going to get in the right lane, and I'm going to follow a tractor trailer. If you've ever driven down 75, you know there is no shortage of tractor and trailers. I'm going to, because they have the, the, the trailer lights, and I'm just going to get behind this tractor and trailer, and I'm just going to follow him all the way into Atlanta in this, this lane, and, you know, going relatively, in my book, slow. I think my average speed was like 49 miles per hour. Okay, well, after about 22 miles of that, I thought, I can't. I, I can't do this. So I see a sign for a pilot gas station. Uh, my dad used to be a truck driver, so I know pilots are also truck stops. And I thought, well, maybe, just maybe, there's a bulb that I can use to put in my truck so I can see to get home. Um, I get off the interstate, and, I, and, I, and I, I get there. By this time, I mean, it is just a torrential downpour. So I get out of my truck. And I walk into uh, this pilot, and, and I go to the auto section, and I'm looking around, and lo and behold, I see five or six different headlight bulbs. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking I hope these aren't for tractor trailers. I hope one of these will work uh, for my, my car. Now i got to go back out and figure out how to get this bulb out. I don't even know how to change the oil in my car. I, I hate things like that. So I thought, man, this is going to—and so it's raining. So I walk out— and it's really slippery. I have flip-flops on, and I slip, and bam, I fall. I'm rolling around in a dirty mud puddle, and this guy works there. He comes over, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, just kind of upset. Um, it took way longer than it should, but I figured how to get that bulb out. I didn't even need a tool, which was really cool. So I take it back in, and I'm the writing on it is so tiny, I can't tell what, the, you know, what type of bulb it is. So I'm just holding it up with bulbs in the package. And I'm like, that looks about right. Yeah, that's about right. I'm going to buy it. So I buy it. I bring it back out. It took a lot longer to put in than, than, than any human being should have to spend because it was me. I get it in. I turn on my truck. And lo and behold, boom, I've got light. Now I have to deal with this film on the, on the other side, and I heard that you could use toothpaste. I don't know if you've ever bought toothpaste at a truck stop before, and you're going to think I'm exaggerating, but I paid over $9 for a little tube of toothpaste. I'm out there in the rain rubbing it on the other headlight and taking a bottle of water, trying to rinse it off. I'm already soaked and muddy. I get in my car. I get back on the interstate, and lo and behold, I could see. I put the pedal to the metal like I'm accustomed to, and I was home in virtually no time at all. Now, let me, let me tell you what I learned from this experience. It's a very, very 
simple thing that I learned. I learned that light makes all the difference in the world. You know, we're in this series called Light. And so many people, even people within the church, are walking around in darkness. They're just kind of muddling their way through with no direction, no purpose, just trying to wander through life in the darkness. And people are walking around in this darkness when God's light is readily available. And so with that in mind, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 today. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to read the text in its entirety. You're going to notice the first two verses because we've referenced it twice in this series. But we're going to walk, we're going to read through the entire passage itself. Then we're going to come back and kind of swim around kind of a verse by verse by verse uh, synopsis of what's going on. So if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, picking up in verse 8. It says, For at one time you were darkness. But now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. So let's walk back through this text together. This is uh, in Ephesians. This is a letter that Paul writes to a church that knew darkness well. Ephesus was a city of extreme darkness, of extreme paganism, of extreme explicit sexual activity. It was a dark, dark city. But he's writing to the church that he started in this city. Verse 8 and 9 again, for a one-time Ephesus, you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. And the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And so you may have gathered from this series that the Bible always or often rather references God as light. And we spent the entire first week of this series kind of walking through that. That light represents goodness and God is light. Well, as much as the Bible presents God as light, it also presents the devil, Satan, Lucifer, as darkness. There's always darkness associated with the devil and his plans. In Ephesians 6, 12, we're told that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul tells us in Colossians 1 that God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. In 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. 14, 
Paul even says that the devil himself, he's dark. And so in order to operate in the world, he has to disguise himself. He has to masquerade himself as light. But that's not his true character. His true character is darkness. He has to pretend to be light to draw people to him. But that light is much like a bug zapper, right? It looks really good to the moth, but you don't want to go near it because it's going to destroy you. In Acts 16, 20, or Acts 16, 18, it says, so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the light of God. You see, as much as God is light, Satan himself is darkness. And he represents darkness because think about what darkness stands for. It stands for everything that's evil, sinful, deceitful, dishonest. Whereas light stands for everything that is good, right, True, honest. And Satan hates the light and he operates in those dark crevices in our lives and in our hearts on things that we secretly hang on to that we know are wrong. In chapter 4 of Ephesians, Paul calls those footholds that we we leave these little crevices in our heart for Satan to kind of hide in the darkness. Paul says, no, 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 no. You used to be darkness, but now You are light in the Lord. And look what he says in verse 10. He says, because of this, we should try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. In other words, be light. God is light. Be good. God is good. Everything that God stands for, if if we're believers, we should stand for. Whatever brings sorrow to the heart of God should bring sorrow to our heart. Whatever brings rejoicing to the heart of God should bring rejoicing to us. Things like goodness and kindness and patience and gentleness and love and self-control, things that are good and pure, we use God's light to help discern those spiritual things. Uh, Leonard Sweet is an author, and he wrote a, a, a little book entitled The Gospel according to Starbucks. And in this little book, he talks about a, a, a famous Starbucks t- taste tester. His name is Ed. I'm not even going to pretend I know how to pronounce his last name. But, but Ed was a, what's called a cupper for Starbucks, which meant he was a coffee taster. And he had an impeccable refined palate. In fact, his taste buds are so astute, they're actually certified by the state of New York. And so refined are Ed's sense of uh, taste for coffee that even if you blindfolded him, he can take one sip of coffee and tell you not that it was just from Guatemala, but from which state in Guatemala, what altitude it was grown at, and the exact mountain on which it was grown. I mean, those are some amazing, discerning taste buds. You know, in our culture, there are so many things for us to taste and sample, are there, are there not? I mean, there's just a lot that we can get into. We need discernment, don't we? we? We need to know, hey, is this of God or is this the devil masquerading, hiding behind faux light? Would God have me do this or would God be against this? We need a spirit of discernment. It can be hard. It can be difficult. And so this is where I believe God's word comes in. 
We use God's word to shine a light on everything. It's our lens that we look through because his word serves as light. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 119.105. It says, we could just live this, man. Psalm 119.105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we use his word to discern his will. His will is for us to walk in the light, to stay in the word, or to get in the word. Now, what does that even mean? All right, when I didn't grow up in the church, and when I was about 16, 17, I started coming around church, and I used to hear the preacher and, and the leaders of the church say, say this phrase all the time, you need to get in the word. You need to get in the word. All right. That's a Christianese to me. I, I, what are you talking about? I used to think, and I thought, am I supposed to like open my Bible, put it on the floor, and like try to step in? What do you mean get into the Word? Well, it's very simple. When we use that phrase, hey, your, God's Word is a light, it's a lamp, you need to be in the Word. It's, it simply means we need to be in the circumference of that light. We need to walk where God's Word illuminates our path. There's several ways you can do this. This is a whole sermon in itself. One way is to read God's Word. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but statistics are extremely low for people who go to, the ch go to church and say they worship the Lord every week. That They never pick their Bible up. They never read God's Word. Okay, so getting in the Word for some of us looks like reading the Word of God. Okay, but you may not be wired that way, right? So some of you have probably started to read God's Word and you get... You're not even done with chapter one of Leviticus and you're snoring because it, this is not how you learn. So it can look different for different people. Be careful about, well, I read the Bible every day, so I'm good. The Pharisees memorized the entire Torah and they were outside of God's will. So it is reading the word, but for some of you, it might be listening to the word. Use your Bible app. If you're not a visual learner while you're commuting instead of listening to some crazy morning show, uh, listen to someone reading God's Word. For, for some of it, it, us, it's singing God's Word. You know, turn off country music for a minute or turn off whatever you listen to for a minute and turn on praise music that sings about Scripture, that sings about God's Word. For, for some, it's memorizing God's Word, taking small passages of Scripture, memorizing them. David says, I hide that in my heart that I might not sin against God. It's reading books about God and God's Word. It's listening to sermons. And listen, uh, I'm glad that you come here and listen to me every Sunday, but during the week, there are a million preachers that do it way better than me. Resources are unlimited for you to absorb and to be in God's Word. So basically, here's what I'm saying. It does no good to be in God's Word if we just read it. We have to read it, apply it, walk in it, live it. It should serve to change who we are from the inside out. We apply God's Word. We use it to measure our actions but more importantly, we use it to measure our thoughts, right? Because our thoughts are what lead to our actions. And so a verse that God has continued to put into my head for like a year and a half now, I've probably quoted it more times than you would like from, from this pulpit, is Philippians 4.8. He just constantly puts that in my head. Finally, brothers, 
whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so think about it in the spirit of discernment, which Paul is talking about here. What I'm about to read, is it honorable? What I'm about to watch on TV, is it true? Is it pure? Is it holy? Is it commendable? What I'm about to say to this person who I'm extremely irritated, agitated, downright mad at, what's about to come out of my mouth towards that person? Is it lovely? Is it building them up? What I'm about to post on Facebook or or Twitter or TikTok, is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it going to bring God honor? You see, we use the light of God to discern these things. Back at our text, he then says, Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Even the things that are shameful to speak of, the things that people do in secret. I just want to make a point in passing, and, and we can, you can send me an email, and we can argue about this later. But I want you to notice that Paul did not say in that text, hey, if there are works of darkness that are unfruitful in your life, just avoid them, don't take part in them, and you're good. No, he says, avoid them, avoid those things, and even instead, expose them. Shine a light on them. Don't let them hide in darkness. There's this crazy thing going around. I don't know if it's true or not because I saw it on Facebook, but you know, pedophilias are trying to get their rights. They want to make that a sexual orientation, not a disorder. There needs to be light exposed. We need to shine that and expose it and not just say it's not my problem. This is what the word of God does. So how are works of darkness exposed? We'll look at verse 13. But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. So how do you get rid of darkness? Simple. Let the light in. We said this week one, darkness conceals, light reveals. Light reveals what darkness hides. I had a buddy of mine um, who's in the ministry, but he had some hard times several years ago. And so he took a job as a carpet cleaner. Uh, And he was often asked to go to people's house and remove pet urine stains uh, from from their house. And he would say, you know, they couldn't see the stains anywhere, but they could smell it when they walked in their house. And so they would call us in to, to figure out what's going on. He said, here's what we would do. I'd go into the house. I'd shut all the curtains. We'd turn all the lights down, and I would turn on a black light. And I would have the owner of the house walk through the house with me. He said, it's amazing what this black light reveals in the arena of pet urine. I've never seen someone so excited about pet urine in all my life. He said, I went to this one lady's house and it was on the couch and on the floor. In the kitchen, it was all over the drywall. He said, and her bed was made. And on her bed, right where she sleeps, we found pet urine stains. 
He said they were on the TV, on the speakers, on the curtain. They were everywhere. And the lady was so distraught. She said, I don't care what you have to, what this cost, please clean it up. Because if you don't clean it up, I'm just going to move, right? Because that's how distraught she was. You couldn't see it. You couldn't see the stains until the light was applied. So how do we get rid of darkness in our own lives? We let God's light into our life and we walk in that light through our lifetime. When anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. Look at verse 14. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. But herein lies a huge problem. So many Christians are sleepwalking. They come to church on Sundays and that's it. They are walking through life asleep. Paul would call them walking dead men, walking dead women. Paul would argue that they're probably not even Christians. They're Christians by name only. Remember, Paul's writing to the church here. And he's telling the church, wake up! Stop walking in darkness. Arise from your dead slumber. Let Christ shine on you. You know, in the tropics of Central Africa, there are many people that are affected by a disease we don't have to deal with over here. It's actually called sleeping sickness. Sleeping sickness. In one epidemic alone, between the year 1901 and 1904, more than 100,000 people died in a single little providence in Central Africa from sleeping sickness. The disease is actually caused by a parasite carried by a tiny little fly in Africa known as the tsetse fly. And when the fly bites a human, it transfers the parasite into the person where slowly but surely it multiplies in the victim's blood. It's painless disease, you can't feel it. But you begin to get extremely drowsy, experiencing almost like narcolepsy, just falling asleep, almost sleepwalking through life and then if untreated, eventually death. Now, before the facts were known, people saw no connection. Isn't that an ugly little fly, by the way? Everything's ugly when you magnify it, except the Lord. Um, and me. <laughs> Sorry, edit that out. All right, um, where was I? But before the facts were known, people saw no connection between the bite of this fly and certain death. They didn't even really bother to brush them off. But after discovering the cause, the government began cleaning up the areas around homes, cutting down jungle brush, spraying insect breeding places. They created an environment where the fly could not thrive. Listen, darkness and sin are just like that little tsetse fly, man. It's spreading a disease that causes spiritual sleep. Sin gets into us and we think, oh, this is harmless. It's just a little fly. It's just a little white lie. I'm not going to have an affair on her, but it's okay to flirt with this woman at work who I'm attracted to. And obviously she's attracted to me. You know, it, it, it's okay to, to gossip a little bit. You know, it's, these little sins, it, it's okay. But what happens is it gets inside of us. It multiplies 
It causes us to be walking dead men, walking dead women, sleepwalking through life because we're living in this haze of sin. That's why Paul says, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead. And what, what the remedy for us is holiness. It's prayer. It's being in the word. It's fellowship with other believers. It's daily relying on the Lord's help. The flies of temptation and sin will not plague us if we walk in the light of Jesus Christ. The cure for darkness is light. I love what Isaiah says on the subject. He says in Isaiah 2, 5, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let me finish this out. We're out of time. Verse 15, Paul says, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. In other words, hey, quit walking around in the dark. It's too dangerous. You can't see people in the dark that may be out to harm you. Quit walking around in the dark. I'm talking total darkness. There are too many things to trip over. There are too many things that will run you over. There are too many things for you to walk around and not being able to see. Quit walking around in the dark. It's going to kill you. Walk in the light. You know, Wednesday was rough, man. Driving with no lights. No windshield wipers, pouring down rain, no defrost, and 49-year-old eyes. It was rough. I can't help to think, though, if I can just be completely transparent with you and you watching online. Excuse me. Some of you are going through your life like this right now. You have distanced yourself from God's light so far. You cannot see you are wandering around aimlessly. I mean, you might show up at church once every six, eight weeks or watch online every now and then. Or you may come every Sunday, but, but in your life, you, you, there's nothing spiritual. There's no submission to God. There's no staying close to his light. It's I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to go back out in the darkness. Or at the best, some of you have found someone else's taillights to follow in the darkness. You know, I can't really see where I'm going, so I'm going to follow this person blindly. I think it was Jesus that said, when a blind man leads another blind man, they both fall in a pit. It's real simple. After I changed that dead, burnout bulb in my headlight, my path illuminated. And for somebody in here today, maybe today is the day for you to replace what the Bible calls your heart of stone, your cold, dead heart with a life-giving, light-bearing heart that belongs and follows the Lord. I think this is what the prophet Ezekiel was getting at when he wrote this in Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will remove, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. The Spirit of God within you, a new, living, light-bearing heart. And then we can echo what Paul said to begin our time together this morning. Ephesians 5.8 For at one time, I was darkness. I wasn't walking in darkness. I was darkness. 
And there are people in my past that can testify to that. But now, but now, since Jesus came into my heart, since a new spirit of God was put inside of me, since he resonates through me, now I am the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. And I want to invite you, if you've never walked in the light of the Lord, to surrender your life right here, right now, this morning. To walk up front here and to confess that, hey, I am a sinner. I need Jesus. I am repenting of my sins. I want to put my faith, hope, and trust in God because God is good. God is light. And the other part of that equation is for those of you in here who've already done that. But you have found yourself in an extended season of darkness. You know, maybe one of your headlights are just fogged up and filmed up by the world. And the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all unrighteousness over and over again. But we have to repent and we have to ask for that. And so we're going to sing a song that praises the Lord. And I want to offer anyone in here who has not put their faith, hope, and trust in him to, to come up front. I'll do my best to socially distance. I'll put my shirt over my mouth. But listen, it does you no good to socially distance and go to hell, right? And then for the rest of us in here, if you're like me, you have walked in your Christian life in seasons of darkness. You've put up those blinders. That film is there. And for you, maybe it's stop focusing on the negative. If I hear 2020 is a rough year, one more. I know Will just said it. I say it all the time. Uh, but it is a rough year. It is a dark world, but we don't have to walk in the darkness. We have Jesus Christ, the light of the world, to illuminate our path. And so for maybe some of you in here, it's just time to get back on that path, to turn that light back on, and to let him illuminate you with purpose, with vision, where he wants you to go. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.